Kaku. Welcome, long-time listener, first-time caller. Welcome, God. Michael. Well, hello. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for joining us on Lads Unfiltered 75. That's so, a big number. I'm in the presence of greatness. I'm in the presence of two guys that have done something that most people cannot and will not do. Two champions who ran a marathon two weeks ago. Tell me, guys, in a word, how, how do you feel? We'll start with, start with Link. Accomplish. Wow. You just stole my word. I was about to say accomplish, too. <laughs> Great mind thinks another like. word. Yep. <laughs> uh, I guess you're allowed done. to. You're done? done? Yeah, I'm done. Is that foreshadowing your future running career? No, I'm just <laughs> done running for this year, nah, is what I, I tried to say. So you're not motivated to continue to run for this year. You're shutting down. Yeah, winter season is coming up. I'm going to stop. <laughs> like, treadmill running isn't very fun, you know. So I imagine for a lot of people, marathon running isn't fun. That, that, that's a fair assessment. I did not have much fun near the end of the marathon. Everyone talks about, like... You know, you get this like, like hit of dopamine. Part of it is kind of like doing this challenge to kind of, that's not like the top of the list, but something nice to kind of aim for and be like, Hey, at the end of it, you're going to feel amazing. I just felt pain, you know? So take us to the start of the day. So we're, the marathon's two weeks ago, taking me to the start of the day, you're waking up and preparing for the marathon. How was that day? Uh, well, I, I don't think you can really start at the start of the day. Preparing for the marathon would be like the night before, uh, in terms of like what you eat, uh, how you like take in your nutrition before the race. So like the night before is pretty important for marathon running. Uh, I think according to most of the guides I read on the internet, you try to like load up on carbs the night before. So you have enough energy the day of the race, right? And then the morning of the race, you would eat something lighter, but you would still try to eat as much carbs as you can. Uh, so for me, the night before, I think I had like two cups worth of rice. So for a family, that's probably twice of what a family of four would eat. <laughs> How many bowls is that? Like two cups of raw rice, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when you scoop up the rice, it would be like two cups of it. Yeah. So, I mean, my family usually eats like one cup for... Four? Oh shit! Okay, so <laughs> I had two cups worth of rice. You ate eight persons portions. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Uh, and then you know you try to sleep early, and then on the day of the race you wake up early. You try to do some stretches before, which was like all worthless at the time of the race, by the way, which I'll get into later. But uh, yeah, in terms of breakfast, it's like I had bagel lying around, so I ate some bagels. <laughs> shit. Uh, I had a banana, and I think that was about it for the morning. When we talk about the like anticipation the day before the the eating, did you actually get good rest? Like, were you nervous? Did you get a good sleep? Did you sleep early? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was nervous for sure, but I tried to change my sleeping patterns. Like, it started about a week before, mm -hmm. so 
I would start sleeping earlier and earlier until I got to the point where I was sure I would wake up around 5 a.m. Mm. in the morning. So I think on the day before of the race, I got around seven hours of sleep. That's pretty good. Which is pretty good. That's good than I get. That is better than I get on a normal day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think like the whole sleeping thing was definitely one of the biggest challenge because you're getting all angsty and all hyped. Yeah. You're lying there in anticipation. So it's hard to sleep. Yes. So, you know, as much as I tried to go to sleep, the earliest I was able to get in bed was 11 p.m. That's, that's, that's still that's, pretty good, is honestly. It? Yeah. Wow. But, you know, we, we had to wake up at 6. We had to get down there for like 8.30. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember when we ran that 10K, like, training for the marathon. It was, we, well, I didn't sleep at all for that one. I slept, like, maybe two hours <laughs> <laughs> for, like, a 10K marathon. So, yeah, so I'm thinking about that. I planned ahead. Yeah, 10K run. Let's not, let's not, you know, as marathoners, let's not drop yeah. the word marathon so easily on these distances. You're in an, an elite <laughs> club, all right? You can't cheapen yourselves, right, by, by joining the 10K club. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, so I think that was good when we had, we're like all over the place there. If you okay. want to direct us or whatever. It's fine. I mean, you can't usually script these things. These, these podcasts have a life of their own. You know that. Yeah, right yeah. Now, they deviate. Yeah, I think that's that was probably one of the big things, like a good thing that we did was probably go through a a test run of 10k in a like a group setting and actually get an idea of what it's like in anticipation at the starting line and all the hype and all the shit that's going around like all the people that's you know on the road cheering you on because they're cheering for like their friends or whatever family member so that was a good experience before doing this whole marathon thing because if not then in this marathon i probably end up like getting caught trying to pace with people that I should not be pacing with. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Let's take it back to the beginning. Since we're talking about training, how does one prepare for a marathon? Like, most people can't conceive of the training that goes into it. Most people think they could just get up and start running. Yeah, so, I mean, what most people think is actually true. You kind of just start running. You go on, like, you know, uh, the internet and you find a plan and then you basically start running. There isn't really, I mean, it's as easy as it sounds. You just start running. Is it as easy as that? You can't, I mean, you guys did an incredible feat, right? <laughs> and I guess it starts from like humble beginnings, right? Like, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we, we started in the random, typical stuff that we do, which is like talking smack at a bar. On Friday night and getting into challenges and one of the challenge was like we were just saying because I think Josh wanted to do Tough Mudder again I'm like nah that might not be my thing I'm like I'm interested in doing a, like a marathon before I'm 40 and then you heard marathon yeah you want to do a marathon I'm like all right let's check out a marathon and it was that night that we decided we will be running a marathon because it was like a five and a half month out right yeah from the word of marathon and the date that we that that Friday night that we were looked it up yeah and, you know, like I was thinking five and a half months should be enough to finish. You, you hear about people not training for a marathon running it, albeit they're, they're destroyed. <laughs> if you like <laughs> never train and you just go straight into a marathon running, man, that's just a world of torture. Yeah. Talk about like <clears throat> the camaraderie, right? Like you guys did this challenge together. You guys kind of sat together and figured out, okay, Link wants to run a marathon. 
that sounds like a great idea. I don't know what's wrong with you, right? <laughs> Thinking that's a great idea. But <clears throat> talk about like kind of challenging each other, like how important that aspect was. Like like pushing each other's pace? No, just like kind of, you know, having someone to like do it with. Like would you have done it if it was just you and vice versa? Mm, I don't think I would have done it if Lincoln didn't want to do it. Uh, because we were like five months out from the marathon. Like that's... You don't think you'll ever do a marathon? By yourself? Yeah. Like, Not this one, but like anyone. Like assume you didn't do this one. You wouldn't want to do it because that's something you wanted to do, right? You said. Yeah, I wanted to do it, but I was always going to reach out to see if anyone else was interested. Because it's your first time doing a marathon. You don't normally do something as challenging as a marathon by like finding mm-hmm. by, by yourself, right? You don't go one day, you wake up, oh yeah, I want to do a marathon. And then you just start training by yourself. I mean, Terry Fox did it. Why can't you? <laughs> He's a bit different. He's kind of like a national hero yeah. who ran across Canada. For him, he, he was doing it for a cause. For me, it was like more for myself. Right? Hey man, you're my hero, all right? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know Terry Fox. I know you. But Terry Fox is different. <laughs> Again, he was doing it for a cause. He wanted to do it, so he started running. Yeah. For us, it was more like it's fulfilling a bucket list type of thing. Yeah. But even then, it's a marathon to someone who's hasn't even run before running this marathon it's kind of like you want to find someone to at least start off right mm-hmm. if the, if he if lincoln dropped out of the marathon halfway through i would have still continued it but like mm-hmm. to start it it was definitely very helpful to have like yeah. another person with you at the beginning i think at the very beginning we we're just like he created a a group chat we had like hugo on on the group chat and we're just kind of like updating each other's run screenshot you know showing early part kind of holding each other accountable just knowing that like oh someone's out there putting in the miles mm-hmm. and then you're like shit i gotta go out there and put in put in my you know five seven kilometers today you know kind of rack up the kilometers you know weekend it's a, yeah i guess it's, like, it's a challenge in that way yeah it's just like, like have, a, accountability it's like having an accountability partner essentially yeah. mm-hmm. like and i saw you guys runs on like the garmin app saw you guys like good for you guys doing it like on the regular too like i saw you just running that same route like <laughs> all the time right yeah it was the most convenient route just to run around your neighborhood uh and, and how often do you guys run together i think we might have just ran we ran together twice twice yeah. plus one 10k race and that was it so yeah. like as I said before, you know, at the start, you just needed that one person to yeah, set yeah. off, like, you know, the whole training process. But after that, I think we became self-reliant on ourselves mm, in terms yeah. of, like, motivation. Yeah. We found it. Well, I mean, right? your work schedule, you're, you're running based on your work schedule. Yeah. And I'm running based on, like, whatever time I can run. Yeah, whenever you're available. Exactly. Right? So it's like, if we can time it and be like, all right the Saturday where I'm going to run this. It's like, all right, I'll come and meet you and we run. That's like the only two times. Like, I think there was one time we were, we passed each other on the same route and I knew you were running because you started on, on the trail earlier than me. Yeah. I saw your yeah, car. I remember that. So I was just like, all right, eventually we're going to cross pass. Yeah, yeah. I remember that because I was working until like 6am in the yeah. morning. So yeah, yeah, I was already ready before you were even awake. I imagine. Yeah. Those yeah. were like, that trail was crazy, crazy tough when you look back on it. Running that half kilometer, half marathon distance, like 21 kilometers, versus running the 21 kilometers in the actual marathon, I felt so much better going into like the midway point. Yeah, 
the lack of hills definitely helped. The lack of hills. Uh, yeah, yeah. The pace. Yeah, I was able to do like keep within like a two hour, two hours to do like 20 kilometer distance versus like when I was running that trail, it was like two hours and 45 minutes to do almost the same distance. Did it? Yeah, for me, like I, I was able to track from my Garmin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the hills were definitely like killers. Let's speak to like the learning curve, right? So you guys started out as non-runners, right? And you just said, you know, you just have to pick up and start, mm-hmm. right? Let's talk about like how it was like to like learn as you go along, the progression as you ran more and more, right? Things that you picked up along the way. Uh, the biggest realization came at the start of the whole running process. Uh, I think the first time I ever ran around my neighborhood, it was around 5K in total. Uh, I ran at a pretty fast pace, but I was basically experiencing a heart attack with a heart rate of uh, 180 by the end of the no more than that is more like 185 to anywhere to 190 by the end of that 5k uh in terms of learning curve the biggest thing was learning how to pace yourself uh turns out when to run properly you probably have to run at like a nice conversational pace where you're not like trying so hard that you you can't talk like you have to be able to talk while you're running, and that's yeah. probably the pace most people want to train at. That's really interesting. Like that you picked up that connection between like a normal conversation and like running. Well, um, yeah. Well, most guides that you read and clever. and they tell you like, oh, run in this zone. I think it's called like zone two. Garmin is like our zone, and it's different. It's zone three, right? Yeah. So that's that's like sixty percent of your max heart rate. And they re- they basically tell you if you don't have a watch or whatever, you can't track it. You should be able to sp- you know have a conversation mm-hmm. and not be like gasping for air or, or whatever. Yeah. So that's a good pace, and it's really slow when you consider it. Um, that's why a lot of people when they say like they don't like running, and that's like myself too. When I was younger, and I'd be like running, like all of a sudden, you know, I'm gonna be friggin active now i'm gonna try and like get exercise and i'm gonna go out for a run around yeah. saving our old neighborhood i'll go out guns a blazing freaking <laughs> by the time i round the first corner on the block i'm just like <laughs> sucking hard. air yeah i'm just like what am i doing here i hate running yeah. but then if now i can run at that comfortable pace like yeah like 20 kilometers is probably like an easy easy thing yeah uh big shout out to lincoln if he never stopped me and showed me the proper way of running I probably would have gave up within the first week of training for the marathon, not even running the marathon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like you were just running all out at the start and then you had to like kind of learn to pace yourself. Okay. I think for most people, that's how they imagine training for a marathon would be like, right? They're just stressing it and then hopefully adapt it, right? Yeah. They think you kind of have to push yourself to Mm -hmm. the very limit to like expand the distance that you can run comfortably. and. I made the same mistake, but yeah. it turns out, like, if you do any kind of research for running, most people say, like, slow runs yeah. should make up around, like, 80% mm-hmm. of your marathon training. Mm-hmm. And when they say slow run, they mean really slow. Like, you need to be able to have a conversation while you're running. Yeah. Like, that 42 kilometers is, it's it's a lot, right? And you're not going to be, like, sprinting that entire time, right? Yeah. Not, like, I think you described it uh, earlier. It's like a very, very slow jog, like a slow motion, almost like jog. 
Yeah, that's why I was saying like early on in in the marathon, I was running, I was grouping a set in, and I was looking around. Like sometimes you, you know, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but the cover sometimes is evident that yeah. this person is not. <laughs> there is no way this person is gonna not it not is. no way. There's an outside chance that there there might be amazing athlete. Yeah, but ninety five percent of the chance there's no way this guy's like gonna outpace me. And right off the bat, first two kilometers, three kilometers, these guys are fucking out there flying. Mm-hmm. And I'm just chugging along. I'm like, this is my average pace. Am I slow? Mm-hmm. Everybody's just like running past me. But three kilometers in, I can see people just like stop and they're walking. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, you can't be running like this. If you're running a full marathon, that's going to be a long ass time. Yeah. I definitely saw a lot of people doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh I think when I started with my racing block, people ran, and I saw a lot of people pass me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at that point in time, I think I was internally smiling while I was running because I knew I'd catch them to them eventually. Uh, yeah, because yeah. the pace that they were running at, like, it definitely looked unsustainable. And this was proven true because I think at one point during the race, I saw a guy, he was just sitting on the curb. This was like three kilometers into the race. So, <laughs> unless, so unless if he was trying to run like the 5K portion of like the marathon he completely paced so hard that yeah that guy was he's probably running the half marathon, the half marathon because like 80 percent of the people i feel that were running were running half marathon because by the time the half marathon marker they divide us right yeah 80 percent of the group that i was running with went to the left and was going for the running into city hall while i was just on front street mm-hmm. going east yeah. heading towards the beaches yeah but uh, yeah. In terms of training wise, yeah, it's just a long. It just eats up a lot of time. It's a time commitment that that's hard. Yeah. Let's let's speak to the equipment too. Like, oh, yeah. you guys have not just going out there running in like basketball shorts and like a t shirt, <laughs> right? So speak to the equipment. <laughs> or oh. or am I spoiling something? <laughs> no, you're not spoiling anything. But. It hurt hearing you say that because when I first started running, that was exactly yeah. what I went out with. I mean, the weather was hot, so basketball shorts seemed to seemed right for yeah. the moment. But didn't realize how heavy basketball shorts were. Yeah, it turns out running shorts are lighter and they're more like breathable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love I love like new running shorts these days because like like the ones I prepare, you know, like no, it's not an ad. You know, not sponsored, but I take some sponsorship from Lululemon. They're like shorts with like underline. It's so good, man. You don't have to wear underwear with that. You're just going in. Yeah, this is my preferred running shorts. Oh, I just ran in regular underwear. Uh, whatever Joe Boxer brand you can find from Costco. <laughs> like, it worked, right? Yeah. There was some chafing issues, Yeah. you know, on the inside thigh. If you When you started running, uh, I think... Later on, after the first month or so, the chafing issues stopped. What, you're telling me you got a thigh gap? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I lost enough weight that I could say I developed a thigh gap. <laughs> but, yeah, um, in terms of, like, equipment for running, I think the best purchase I ever made was the Garmin Forerunner uh, 965. Uh, spent a lot of money on it because it had a lot of functions. But, like, yeah. its main one is for running, and that's probably one of the better purchases I've made. Uh, the accuracy, the like, you were scratching at the surface of your watch capability in terms of like setting all these alerts and like setting up like specific faces to give you information that you want. 
you didn't even program it. You just went like pure default mode. Yeah, when you put it like that, I, I probably could have spent like fifty dollars for a regular watch. And no, just you could have the time well, myself. I you mean, could just spent half an hour and just customize your whole thing. Yeah, because did you does your did you set your alert on your watch to give you like when you're below your like heart rate zone and above your heart rate zone? Fuck no! <laughs> I literally just turned on. I just went to the run activity and then I turned it on and I ran with it. Did wow. it give you an alert like how how many kilometers you ran or like miles you ran? No, you must I, have set I don't intervals, even know right? like, anything about Bro, the what watch. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, the watch, like, all I focused was on the running, right? Mm-hmm. The equipment I bought because it seemed right to have a watch to track my progress. Yeah. But I think after the marathon, like, I intend to continue running, so I'll probably explore more of the functions afterwards. But for now, yeah. I can't really tell you <laughs> way too to, much about it. Way to save it. You started out <laughs> in with the, the product plug, yeah. and then you went downhill. You didn't know how to use it. Then you made yeah. that future promise. No. like I mean, that just speaks to how Garmin sells their watches, right? Like, out of the box, you can use it to that's true. train for running. Nice save. Right? Nice save. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. What, what about the shoes? I know oh, Nike's man. always trying to invent shoes that cut down, shaves down like seconds, shaves down minutes on people's runs. They're Not trying to invent the best shoe. Yeah. Not going to lie. I've bought, I bought three pairs of shoes. Uh, same here. I also bought three. Yeah. And three, like why three? Like, because you... For like their purpose? Yeah. Uh, I would... Uh, I think one pair was for regular running for training. Uh, so... For those, it would, for me, it would be a pair of New Balances with like a wide toe box. You to, can call uh, it like traditional shoes, right? Because they're like more yeah, street like, like what sidewalk what, running shoes. Yeah, like what you think of like running shoes, like not like let's just call it lo- like no tech shoe, mm-hmm. like tech as in like you get the cushion and like the the best type of cushion you can get, like the stacks and stuff like that, like lightweight material. But in terms of like tech, there's like you're talking about the Nike or Adidas. Those won't have like carbon plated. In, inside the whole cushioning or the outsole of it to give you like extra bounce and all that but yeah would, that that's what made made it up no tech shoes uh trail, shoe. trail running shoes so shoes for running in like the forest uh yeah that provide like better extra grip, traction yeah but also to allow you to for your training to allow you to run in like surfaces that aren't like hard pavement yeah uh, which protects your knees and usually i think that's what you prefer mainly because like when you're running on trail running shoes, you're running longer distances, way longer distances than what you uh, normally would run on like the pavement. So, you know, protecting the knees and then finally probably the most expensive pair of shoes that I have ever purchased. They're life. actually cheaper because we got it for like 60% off. Yeah, even with 60% off, it's still pretty expensive for a pair of shoes that's going to last like 100 miles. I guess if you do it by miles wise. Yeah. But what what do you think your time would have like worsened if you ran with your normal shoes, uh, like the no tech shoes? I for me, my time wouldn't have worsened that much. It was more like the amount of pain I would have experienced on my knees. The pain will like basically determine how fast you run. <laughs> no, I mean the pain after the marathon, right? Like, okay. I, I feel like the expensive uh, the carbon plated shoes that we purchased had more cushioning so it probably protected our knees yeah from the impact a lot more yeah so yeah yeah that, that was probably yeah so we had like three pieces of equipment i was he had like his brooks that he was talking about 
And then you got like the other, the popular uh, brand right now. Oh yeah, uh, Hoka. Yeah. Massive cushioning. Yeah, they're they're like huge yeah. stack. Like a lot of like people are wearing it. Yeah. Never even uh, heard of them. This is elite marathoner shoes. No, it popped no, up. It popped up the last two years. Shoes. Yeah, right. a lot of regular folks were like just buying them because I I go to like um, ice hockey last year with like other parents and I see these parents wearing these shoes. I'm like. Hmm. You know, I'm not a sneakerhead, but like I'll I'll still look at shoes, like see what people are wearing. I was like, Hoka, I've never seen this, but like their stacks are like their their cushion also is so thick. Yeah, it's almost like platform looking. But apparently, it's like it was like walking on clouds, right? Uh, I can attest to that. That's like it's a hundred percent walking on clouds. They put so much cushioning. Like mm-hmm. the shoe to me, it looks absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> if yeah. you look at the shoe, yeah, it, it's like the the heel is the like heel so part, yeah. yeah. It extends, and it, if you first look at it and you don't know what Hoka is yeah. as a brand, you kind of think like people are wearing those shoes just to look like they're taller. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's like the sense of that's the sense I get. But mm. after wearing this, after wearing the shoes, like I can see how people like it. Yo, I was in the mar- middle of the marathon, like in the thirty kilometer range. I saw some dude running with Vibrams. That five is finger. insane. I had to open my mouth while passing him. I'm like, that is fucking impressive. And I just continued wearing it. He looked at me. I'm like, I mean, you could have been that guy. Didn't you say you want you I did. running in Vibrant? Yeah. I ran one one time with it and it was like four kilometers. And then I was like, nope, these knees are not going to last, yo. These knees are not going to last. Even now, I don't think I can do it. It's not, it's not worth. What's the glory in that? There's no glory. There is glory. The fact that we're sitting here talking about this guy right now. I don't know. if You, he, I, you still remember him and you will remember. Yeah, him. I don't know yeah. if he finished. It doesn't matter. All, <laughs> you have an image in your head that this guy ran a he marathon was, dude, in Vibrant. But if I passed him in the 30 kilometer mark, <laughs> he is not doing well because I'm both. We're both suffering at that moment. Yeah, but he made 30 kilometers with Vibrant. What if he <laughs> made 35 kilometers and then he called it quits? At the, You know what? At 35 kilometers, I also thought about quitting. Honestly, <laughs> that was where the toughest part of the race was. So, race day. We're talking about race day. Oh, we got yeah. there. We got there eventually. Right? <laughs> I wanted to lead in with it, but the the pod took its alternate path. Yeah, yeah race day. I think we we started talking about how we had to be at the starting line at 8:30. Yeah, and the starting line was at. Queen and University, um, and you run up north. So I think eight forty-five was when when the elite runners got uh, got to take off. So they did like they call it corals, mm-hmm. corals, right? Yeah, yeah, or corral, corral, uh, corral, corral, corral. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, you, you tell them when you register, like what time you're gonna do elite runners. Yeah. You identify as the elite runner, so they'll put you in that same group. We're talking about people that are running the marathon under two and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, so they got the first first call. Actually, no, I take it back. The handicappers, the wheelchair people, gets the, the first five minutes. The people. Those are handicaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they get first dibs first. And I guess they take off, right, because they're on the wheelchair, so they go fairly fast. So they go off first before the elite runners goes. And then it starts off like two and a half afterwards. Um, I was in the, f- I think, four to four and a half hours is what I guessed myself that. Yeah. Yeah, because yours is, what, five? 
I was yeah the five hour and thirty minute one because I don't think they had like one for people in the five hour range. Yeah, I think they started doing like um like in- increments of fifteen minutes or something like that. For like the to the corrals. the end. Uh, I guess in the end you mentioned it's just pretty like, much yeah, everyone. In the end, like where the corral that I was in was more or less a blob. People were just moving in between, so it wasn't as serious. It was yeah. more like. People that were just looking to finish a marathon. But those people, like, you can probably start there. Like, people that show up late and they just get into that corral yeah. and they just start because they have, like, those chips on your bib. And I think it's, like, the platform underneath. That's how it tracks it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cross it over and then that's when it starts. Um, yeah, race day was good. The weather was a little chilly. Uh, I thought we were going to run, we are be able to finish the race without the rain. But you said we're going to be in the rain, which became true. Yeah, spoke it into existence. Yeah, but it was cold. Like you, you're like saying I was running in shorts because you ran in in um, what's the tights? Yeah, the soft. Uh... Yeah, like the leggings, right? Yeah, yeah. The leggings on it. Mm. Yeah, I just kind of braved it and then just did it. Saw a lot of people like wear sweaters and stuff right up until the starting line, and as you get closer, they just took off their stuff and just put it on the fence. I'm like. These people are going to come back for their clothes or it's just, that's it. <laughs> I think for those, those people don't intend to pick up their clothes. I think like anything that the runners throw off is yeah, collected yeah. by like the volunteers, right? And then they yeah. would take it to charity and mm. donate it. So, yeah, I think. Maybe I should have done that. <laughs> would have kept a little bit cooler. That That's something I learned, uh, like staying ready before the race because like, if you're not in one of the starting corrals, you're going to be waiting some time. Mm-hmm. I think I started like half an hour after Lincoln started. Yeah. So, and the corral that I was in was like, it, it was shadowed. So like it was between some buildings and there was shadow on it. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, there was no warmth at all. Uh, I saw a lot of people in my corrals just doing jumping jacks to stay warm or people yeah. wearing like trash bags. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like you said, uh, sweaters, <laughs> things that they were going to throw away. Uh, so yeah yeah there's like other people with like family members there so they'll just hand off their like tearaways mm-hmm. so one of the only times that tearaway is like you know appropriate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just rip it right off um but yeah it was like 8 45 by the time i went it was like nine thir- nine o'clock i think yours was like or nine oh five something like that yeah uh yeah so up up university around queen's park down through u of t campus we had headed west yeah. through EOT campus, the St. George campus, right? Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the library. I always forget that not library's name. Uh, the main one. Toronto Reference Library. Is that? No, no. The U of T. Uh, the oh. big library. At, I'm looking at you because you're a yeah. U of T grad. I don't remember that library. I, I was like, <laughs> Someone I didn't went study. to the corner of U of T. Someone didn't study. Right? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, so there's that library. Uh, creepy basement library. Hmm. Yes. Um and then you run through there, head west. You go all the way to, like, um, Bathurst. From Bathurst, you go, that's when you head south down. So you run from, basically, Bloor and Bathurst all the way down to, like, Lakeshore and Bathurst. Yeah. And you head west again on Lakeshore towards Exhibition Place all the way to High Park. And then from High Park, you do the, uh, you do the uh, turn, and you're heading back east. And the east is going all the way to, like, yeah... Yeah, you're showing me that one. But yeah, it goes there. 
before it cuts up on Bay, where like uh, Rogers Center or ACC is. And that's like the half marathon, right? Because the half marathon continues running up on Bay towards like uh, City Hall. So a half marathon or finishes that way. But for a full marathon, you just, once you hit Front Street, I think Front Street, you keep going east. And then, yeah, that part of that race was pure. The second half was just like, not a blur, but it was much faster in my in my mind now when then I recall yeah. actually running it because it felt very long. The lo- I guess like when I got to where the DVP is, because you there's a little loop that goes up the DVP, so you're running along the DVP in that that little ravine there when you drive downtown. Yeah. Before you loop back down and you go th- go back through like that new area like w- around Distillery District, and then you keep going east again all the way to like the beaches like woodbine beach before you do the loop and then i think the loop was around in the 30 kilometer mark and that's when it was just like hell (laughs) i was just like waiting running for the longest time waiting to see where the fuck is this final turn i just want to see the turn when i know i can see the turn that's like the home you know your homebound because you're running towards the cn tower right yeah the home stretch the home stretch and yeah that that was uh that was the tough part like i I enjoyed seeing the city this way you get to kind of run on like streets that you don't normally do but at the same time knowing how bad toronto streets are yeah you're like running on potholes or like loose gravel and all that stuff yeah almost like twisted like broke my ankles twice while i was running and then there's like a crack just a giant boulder that just like kind of you know it masks itself like it's solid and then once you step on it it's like bam yeah uh i didn't really notice like the potholes mm -hmm. but I know what you're talking about when you're running east to make the final turn before you're turning back. To oh, the yeah. City. That was brutal. I think uh, for me, I saw the... No, I actually heard this as a conversation from the two runners in front of me. They're like, oh, yeah, after this 32-kilometer mark. And then, like, so as we're running east, there's runners already who's already finished the turn. Yeah. And they're running back towards yeah. the city. And from the conversation I heard in front of me, these two girls were talking about it. And they were like, oh, yeah, after this... Uh, it should be like the 33 kilometer mark. Uh, so I'm guessing those guys who are running back are at the 35. No, it wasn't. 35 was a long. We're still going east at 35. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were still going east at 35 kilometers. Oh so. man, yeah, that was like that part was was the hard. Everyone that you talked to, that like I spoke to, that did the marathon, they always said like the last 10 kilometers or last 10 or 12 kilometers is like the hardest kilometers that you've ever run. I mean, where we're going all over the place, for for myself, like running nonstop after twenty seven kilometers is probably the longest I ran. Yeah. At that point, so I ran an additional like new fifteen kilometers that had zero idea what that experience was like. Yeah, I think I had the same experience. I think if I looked at my actually, I did look at my like uh, my watch recording my run, mm-hmm. yeah. and I saw my lap times. Uh, I believe. Right at the 32-kilometer mark, I was maintaining a pace of, like, roughly 11 minutes per mile. I'm sorry to all the, yeah, all you're the saying, Canadians here. Everyone. 11 minutes <laughs> per mile. But then... Did it not no- change the default settings. No, I did <laughs> no, not. No, he purposely... Went, wait, you did not change it, or you purposely set it as miles? Because I thought you said it's, you want to keep it at miles. No, by default, it was in Oh, my God. Miles. Fuck and you. By default, it was in miles. <laughs> what, was, what was the temperature in Fahrenheit that day, my friend? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, noticeably, around with 10 kilometers left to run in the marathon... 
I noticeably slowed down. If I looked at my oh, yeah. like stats, I think I went about mm, a minute per kilometer yeah. slower. Yeah. And you can describe that as kind of hit, hitting a wall, essentially, right? No, I think like real hitting a wall would be like you lose all will to continue moving. I've hit the, I've hit a wall on my training, um, but someone another person I spoke to told me I pro, I was probably dehydrated, but I'm like that doesn't make sense. I guess well maybe it does because I wasn't given electrolytes because I yeah. went running without a breakfast. I didn't bring any energy pack gels yeah. or anything. I just had water, mm-hmm. um, so that's when I hit like the wall on 27 kilometers. Yeah, where I was running and I just thinking I'm like I want to hit 30 kilometers. So it's just like the last three kilometers, which is like usually not not too bad. I know it's like home stretch on my normal train. Um, I was just like hit the wall where it's like, whoa, I feel lightheaded. I there's like I'll start and then within like ten steps, like my body's just like, nope, there's nothing left in here to give you to 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 keep running. So that was a wall. So that was like my last training session right before like the actual marathon. So 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 I got like maybe three weeks out. So I knew making sure I was like hydrated and like intaking enough energy gel was like very important for myself to be able to keep going. Oh, and Michael, you did it without gel. I know you're a fucking beast. You were not gelling. And this guy was gelling like a felon. I wish, (laughs) I wish I had gels. Like I completely regret not purchasing my own gels. Uh, I also wish I hit the wall during my training so I had an idea of what it was instead of finding out on the race day. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I found out roughly around the 32-kilometer mark Yeah, uh, what hitting the wall feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like, to me, it felt like my legs could not move anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I would tell it to move, but it would not take that step forward. Uh, that was when I regret not having all that energy gel. I think it would have helped a lot. Yeah, that was like pro- like intaking those energy gels was like what got me going in terms of like tracking. So I was like telling these guys I play hockey with, and then they're like, what, what, what were you thinking the entire time? Were you thinking what you're going to eat? I'm like, no, I was doing a lot of math in my head. It's like, don't let anyone know. You know, you're like just pushing forth this like Asian uh, stereotype that all you do is think about <laughs> the numbers. Yeah. I'm like, I was crunching numbers to see how fast I need to keep this pace up for, how many more, more kilometers tracking when i'm gonna you know suck down another energy gel because it's like they tell you on the package like every 45 minutes you take it because you just continuously chain it together Mm -hmm. not like take it every hour because then you'll miss the boat and then you're gonna be fucking crashing for 15 minutes before like that energy picks back up Mm -hmm. um yeah i i was surprised i'm like dude i wish i was in your experience where i had energy gels to think about because all i could think about was what to eat just like you said, it, it went through my mind uh, of all the food I was going to eat. I think right after the marathon, uh, whatever free food they handed out yeah. for the marathon, I ate. I had two bananas, two apples, and whatever. I ate it all. I got to say, like, more. the post meal that they offered, it was just kind of shit, but no, it, <laughs> just it, my opinion. It, it was shit, but I was so hungry. I, I could not stop myself. But, yeah, I was in so much pain, I also could not even eat a street meat. Uh, you mean the like hot dogs? Hot dog? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Looking back, I wish I had the th- the hot dog, but I was in so much pain. I'm like, I just want to <laughs> get to the car and sit down. <laughs> like, just get me to the car. Let's talk about the f- the feeling of like crossing that finish line. I know you guys endured a lot of pain. A lot of people don't make it to that finish line. A lot of people get sick. 
they get hurt, they yeah. start walking, they don't never finish. Talk about that feeling of crossing that line or seeing that line and then crossing it. Uh, I definitely got a boost of energy yeah. to, to seeing like the finish line. Um, in fact, I think there's a picture of me smiling while I crossed the finish line and I really couldn't help myself. You thank uh, JC for pulling up those pictures. Yeah, no, like at that moment, I think I was pretty happy just making it to the end because it yeah. meant that I could really stop. <laughs> yes, the, pain yes, was, yes. the pain was incredible yeah. at my feet at that point in time. Uh, yeah, as far as crossing the finish line, that like, it feels really good. Yeah. Uh, can't, I don't think there's anything I've ever done in my life that compares to that feeling. Maybe if I run a, another marathon or something like that at a better time, but yeah. 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 I don't know if I got like my reaction was there. I was saying to like, so Sarah and like Zach came down to, to kind of cheer me on, but I wasn't sure where to tell them to wait for me or like in terms of like where to catch me. I don't know what my pace was. I don't know how the tracking of the whole situation will be. So I said like, yeah, just make it back around. You know, I'm expected to finish around like four to four and a half hours. Just make sure you're in, you know, the last two kilometers. I'll be there for sure. Mm -hmm. You'll catch me. But those two kilometers, I know I wasn't thinking like those are probably my roughest, roughest (laughs) kilometers. And and as I saw them, I was just like, you know, she was so happy for me. And it was very sparse at that point before like the final stretch onto Bay. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like in so much pain. Mm -hmm. Uh I was just like walking. I'm like, there's no smile on this face. I'm like, I'm telling you, I am a broken man right now. This is like, this body is just in a continuous momentum. I cannot stop. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot stop yeah. and give you a hug or anything because you have to carry me through the trail, yeah. like, through the finish line. Yeah, but so when you saw them, did you get a boost of energy though? No. Well, I did. Like, cause like that was part of one of like i wanted to keep on running i knew i didn't want to stop because i know once i stop running i'm not going to be able to pick it back up so i was just like thinking i gotta Don't keep look running like a failure in front of my <laughs> yeah like kids. my like my kid i'm like i want to just show him like i'm still moving even though like i was probably moving very slowly um like a very very slow jog yeah. pace yeah uh but i knew at that point it's just like there's no stopping if you stop it it's it's game over you know how it's like you probably felt there. You used to mention you stopped a little bit, but it's like hard to get it back up moving. Like, especially that late in the, in the race. Yeah. When you stop, uh, I think, I think all the endorphins at that point up until the race, it's like, it stops flowing. And then you really, you really feel the ache in your feet and yeah. like the heaviness of yeah, all, like everything, your legs, Yeah, the, like the pain in the feet, you feel everything like from your, ankle down yeah you feel the pain and then to start it back up it's like you kind of have to endure a lot more pain to yeah. Yeah. start back up once you get started up and you run for like maybe two minutes or so yeah which is like two minutes of pure pain yeah uh you lose that sensation in your feet and you can get back to normal running but it's like if you stop you'll feel it it's it's it's, yeah. it's hard to start back up but to finish like answer your question like crossing that line when i look at it i like my picture it's just like me just stopping to watch and just crossing the line like oh fuck that was that was tough yeah like i had a picture like um their official photographers or whatever the picture is just me just like blown like my face is just like of relief like i'm done not a smile but more like 
fuck, I can stop this. Stop this madness. <laughs> oh, you saw your official yeah. pictures too. I'm yeah. glad JC got a photo of me smiling because the rest of the photos that I was sent on my email, they were not like good yeah. photos. But you're going to want those photos, right? Like to, to commemorate this. this Yo, moment, they're fucking right? like trying to like... The photos cost a cost a pretty penny. I just did some screenshots. I don't care. I see. It said like yeah, it I said see. like marathon water pro watermark on. I'm like I'm glad they wrote that. It's a marathon, yeah. so they know what I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we got the medal. I got some pictures. I finished yeah. pictures. Yeah. You know, it. I can, I don't know. I can't really at the moment when I probably finish. I thought like everyone talks about that high, right? I'm like, yeah, I think my training session when I crossed my first like half marathon barrier, yeah, that was a high. Like I let out a like, like a like a woo yeah. at the very end of my training like did half you? marathon. I oh, did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my I ran down alone, and I ran that in the fucking rain because like, oh. I ran it at a halfway turn point. It yeah. started raining, and I'm like, all right, whatever, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's like this is like rain. Then it was just downpour. I was mm-hmm. freaking soaked the entire time, but like gutted it out. Got my half marathon in there. That was the first time I hit that, hit that distance. I was like pretty hyped on it. I was on a high on that one, but on on the marathon, I was like in in a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what you meant by marathon high because I didn't experience. Well, I think I think I did. No, experience- like the high, like, like the end, like the yeah. very end when you get there. Like people talk about, oh, you you'll feel this rush and you'll feel so high. I I think when they talk about that rush, it's when. They're referring to when there are people cheering for you yeah. when you reach the finish line. Yeah. When, when I got there, there was like maybe 20 people there. Hey, <laughs> don't hate. Sparse. At least we were cheering you on yeah. at the no, very no, no, end. No, no. Yeah. It, I think I definitely ran faster the last 15 meters after seeing you guys there. Uh, I After crossing the line, I experienced the marathon high for like 10 meters up until where the guy handed you the medal. Yeah. I think that was like what the expectation walking up to the person yeah. that gives you the medal. Yeah. You experience a high there. Yeah. It's like achievement unlocked essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a PlayStation thing yeah. just in the corner and that's it. <laughs> Trophy. Right? Yep. Um, yeah. I took a couple of days like after probably when my legs came back to me where I was just like able to reflect and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, that, that was going into it was exactly what I wanted when I committed to this whole, whole race thing. I don't know if it's just cause like I listened to, you know, uh, David Goggins and all mm-hmm. that. I'm part of the, the algorithm and that guy's all about ultra marathons and just getting things out. And I'm just like, fuck, okay. I want to see like, how far can I push it mentally mm-hmm. where you can be like, you know, this is going to be a fucking shitty ass task, but like, how can I go and manage to like push through and complete something so fucking annoying because I like, yeah. I hate it running. That's probably one of the big things that that pushed me towards it, doing something I don't like to do. And it's just like a real well recognized, like kind of like a milestone that you set apart. Yeah. Everyone has that thought in their in their mind, right? When they start doing an exercise, like even for me, I don't run. Yeah, you guys are crazy to me. <laughs> First of all, I ride a machine. I ride a bike, <laughs> right? And I go far distances, right? Um, but I start out start out good and then about like 5k in i start to like question myself like why do i why am i doing this do i even like riding a bike because it's, it's horrible and then you hit your cadence and it's like you're good and then you you hit that final stretch and like you get that 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 boost at the end yeah but i'm on a machine 
yeah. right? It's so much different, like from my experience to your experience. Mm-hmm. Like I've done the ride for heart, which is about 77 kilometers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've done it in the rain. Right. And when I finished, I got the medal, the cheesy medal, right? The <laughs> breakfast or whatever. Yeah. I did it in the rain and I couldn't stop shivering. Like I literally was shivering for like oh, an hour. Oh yeah, fuck, it was cold. So, right, shakes, the shakes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But, but you know, your experience is like next level, right? You've done something incredible, like a human feat, essentially. Like a standard. Yeah. A recognized standard. I mean, you guys are no Kenyans, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, compared to all of us, and we were also cheering you guys on too. I mean, you guys had some like some trolling, some like <laughs> some playful bets going on, but like. We were really like rooting for you guys too. Like we were following along, like seeing the pace, whatever. Like yeah, that was out, waiting for you guys to that, finish. That was pretty, that that was pretty was fun to read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I saw the fifty plus messages <laughs> yeah. afterwards. I think several hours afterwards. I didn't yeah. look at my phone for a while. <laughs> left his hand, and I kind of read it all. I didn't realize that there were so many people in the chat paying attention to us. Yeah. So that was very surprising. They're like man. tracking. They downloaded. Now they're on this uh, database, just tracking us. Yeah, yeah, man, we're supporting you guys, right? Like you guys are doing something incredible. I was surprised how accurate it was. Like all the tracking. Yeah, I didn't realize it was like so much technology invested into the marathon that would allow you to track a runner yeah. and their pace yeah, man, throughout it's, the entire thing. It's big business. Like, I'm planning a marathon for, like, work. Yeah. Uh, marathon website and registration, all that stuff. Like, there's entire industries that are built off of this. Like, there's consultants who... Tata are... consultants? Is that what you're... <laughs> no, we're not, we're not giving them a plug. But, like, okay. yeah. There's, <laughs> there's all these, like, race gurus and consultants who are out there, like... Because that's their whole business, right? Yeah. It's pretty incredible, like, the technology that goes into it. Yeah. But, yeah, it is big business because the amount of, like, the money we paid to, to get on this race was big. Well, not that huge, but, you know, surprisingly, like, what you have to do. But then when you look at it, the scale of it, like, all the stuff that happens, I'm like, you know what? Just to close off, close off, like, a huge part of, like, the city hmm. for for us to run. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because the whole narrative that I saw on the news, like, these news articles, is like, major highways, major streets closed for marathon. Like, they had to lead in with that, like, streets closed thing yeah. to, like, infuriate people. But, like, you guys are doing out there doing something incredible and healthy, and they had to kind of lead in with, like, traffic's going to be bad, guys. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that part. Yeah. Know, but... I mean, if you know it's a marathon, like... Don't even bother going down. Yeah. But the main gripe is, like, there's no public transit to get down there. Yeah. Like, preference would be, like, if we got the chance to, like, take the go, like, early go all the way down. And then that way, Sarah, when she she came down, she can drive, and then she can pick us up, oh. and we'll go back. But, like, there was just no go. Like, yeah. TDC just didn't make sense to drive all the way to, like, a TDC station, like, yeah. Kennedy Station or, yeah. like... Finch Station. It's just like you'd be late for the marathon. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll be I'll be late for the marathon, and on top of that, like you have to take the TTC. Yeah, yo, the the train, the TTC train wasn't even open until eight eight a.m. I'm like, there's, yeah. I'm not trusting this motherfucking shit to bring me down there in forty five <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes. <laughs> there's no way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, I mean, running it would be, it's just more so like, I think I got like training fatigue. And, and running just like the buildup eventually over time like early on the early part of it the first two three months i think i was like you know trying to get in three three running sessions a week in there um gradually building out the long runs 
but then near the end of it the last two months or so it's just like kind of plugged in whenever i can especially when the the sun starts setting a lot earlier because before when you're running in like june july the sun doesn't start setting until 9 p.m 9 30 so you can go out there and run and you, you still got the sun but like as you get closer to fall i'm like man i don't want to run by the time the kids are down it's like 9 p.m yeah you know it's dark as hell it's dark as hell it's yeah. kind of cold like, i don't wanna, i don't want to run that mm. so yeah i mean i still felt like the training fatigue i don't i think i felt the training fatigue near the very end of it for the most part, I managed to get my runs in yeah. as prescribed by like the plan. Uh, I think three runs, three runs a week, and then one on the weekend, a very long one. Yeah. Uh, and I ran at all kinds of hours. For you, it sounds crazy hearing you say like nine thirty was too late to run because I'm pretty sure I ran some starting at like ten thirty all the way until like one a.m. in the morning. Holy like, shit! Wow. You're just on the street but, running around. <laughs> yeah, but to me, that's like after work, right? Yeah. So, you know, it seemed pretty normal. I didn't really experience any of the fatigue. I did think several times what I am doing out here. That <laughs> thought crossed my mind while I was running in, at night. Yeah. Uh, I think most of those thoughts came to me during like the Wednesday run, mm-hmm. which is like in the middle of the week. For most people, it's in the middle of the week. And it definitely crossed my mind. What am I doing out here running 10 miles on a Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, rise and grind, right? Like, or yeah. grind at night. I, guess. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but grinding in the dark, yo. But I mean, look. you put in the work. I mean, and like, yeah. you, it was fruitful. It paid off, right? Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for anyone who wants to start, or one anyone who wants to run a marathon? Yeah. Maybe one piece of advice or two pieces of advice. Yeah, start early, like three years early before yeah. the marathon you want to run. Like, just yeah. start training earlier. That way, you don't have to like kind of cram everything together yeah. into within like a five month period. Uh, that was definitely not like a good decision. It came at a whim, but you know we did it. But to anyone who's looking to start running, I would start like maybe two years, like a summer before, mm-hmm. another summer before, so you can kind of run at your own pace and decide how you want to run and develop like kind of a routine uh definitely running like three times running tuesday wednesday and thursday you know back to back to back is not ideal to developing the base cardio this is especially for people who don't normally run or people who don't have like the starting cardio base level to do a marathon to them i would just say start earlier and run easy that's a good set of advice just just run I mean, for yeah, like it's it's more pacing. I think the more I talk to people, like I'm trying to get Sarah to run. Uh, I'm trying to like get get like some sort of like a semblance of a running group for like once a week, just to run like a quick five six k, kind of develop that, and then get into like a trail run. Trail runs are typically like ten kilometers, fifteen kilometers, and you can do roundabouts. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, like you're running at a very low low pace, and personally, I, I think don't run with like electronics i only ran with my watch like 90 98 percent of the time the last two runs that i've ever had like the long runs that's when i took my phone with me just in case like if anything happened like if i pull up or like halfway through through the run i realize oh shit i'm feeling something with my knee or like a hip i'm gonna instead pushing through because like one of the long runs i've had before i end up like you know, early on in the run, I knew something didn't feel right. Like the body didn't feel right. You know, 
like slept late and didn't have a lot of like sleep. So like now I'm waking up early and thinking I need to get this like mileage in. So I'll just, you know, push it through. And within the first like two, three kilometers I already knew, like the body just didn't feel like it's going to be responding correctly. And by the time I did like halfway to turn around, I'm like, oh shit, like my knee is like locking up kind of stuff, but like still kind of grind it through. And you end up like freaking wasting two, three weeks on recovery alone because you can't run after. So like probably when you're running, just don't push it. There's no point in pushing it. So that was like one of those things, like those long sessions kind of taught me because it kind of pushes out like all the weakness and you kind of see like different scenarios in terms of what you have to deal with on a run. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to train, I'm not going to burn myself out and push through some, uh, uh, an injury versus I'd rather save it on the actual race day. Yeah. If I need to like run through the knee pain, at least it's just the race. And then afterwards I have lots of time to recover versus like, it's just like every, every time I miss a run, I feel like anxious like a shit i missed my run i missed my kilometers yeah that feeling definitely hits you i think it got to the point where if i ever missed a run i feel like i would have to make it up to like all the new people that are running up it's part of running you're gonna miss runs so like don't stress about it uh like just try to find another day or even next week you know whenever you have time available you should go to the run but if you miss it it's like it's just part of it. It's not going to yeah. affect your overall fitness. Like yeah. after I missed a run, I don't think I noticed any kind of like um, decrease in y- your cardio level or like any difference between like previous runs. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was just cruising <laughs> for the last half. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that from you. Like all your garment yeah. training <laughs> one run a week for like an entire month. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I had a serious uh, bit of anxiety getting up to race day. So on my end, I was just like, man, I'm still in Sarah. I don't know if I, I can do this. Like, I don't, because at that time, I had like a softball uh, playoff weekend, and that was like two days of nonstop, like potentially three days, but we didn't make it to the finals. Um, three days of softball, didn't realize how much it would like take a toll on my body. I ended up like messing up like like my my right hip was like the gluteus medius muscle like it, was, it just didn't feel right and i was just like all right let's rest it out let's ice it let's like do massage let's do like the theragun and all that stuff yeah. just to like get it out make sure race day is good so i didn't get to run the last two weeks until like maybe wednesday and i was just like i gotta get in like a five kilometers just to see how my hips gonna react in in this condition so i know like in the middle of the race am i gonna have issues so luckily when i did the five kilometers i'm like oh okay perfect it's my lateral movement that causes the issue not like if i'm running straight so i'm like i lucked out but yeah it was just a lot of like putting in time with like physio like luckily i had like benefits so i got went to physio early because i felt like hip pains or like knee pains so i got them checked out they're like okay you have imbalance here workout on it gave me exercise and just like you know, at home, just making sure I stretch out, pull out like the hips or whatever, get the alignment right. Um, I think that's probably like the f- the happiest thing about the run too, of running through without having like knee or hip pain. That was like the biggest like worry that I had. So even though like my feet and my joints were killing me, I think that was just purely on like the impact, just like continuous impact for four hours. Mm-hmm. That's what like gets you. But like other parts, like no runner's knees, so I'm good. Like hips are good, so. Like, when you look at it in a big picture, got away from this race pretty unscathed. Yeah, like, I mean, it's absolutely insane to me that you were doing anything else other than running. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. This guy's like, a multi-sport athlete. I basically stopped everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, for running. Like, I stopped going to the gym. Like, within the last three weeks, I stopped. I stopped gaming because I had no time for it to do anything. <laughs> I'm running. It's like these runs are taking two hours of my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was playing like hockey, but I think hockey is probably what gave me like the base, the cardio. You know how there's like different type of train, training, training yeah. where it's like tempo training, where you're basically do high in intensity. Yeah, where you're running really fast for like two minutes on, and then at your max effort, and then you kind of chill out and you rest, so your heart kind of like gets into a resting phase and then you hop back on go for like another high intensity shift so i think that was probably like unintentionally got like the tempo training in in that way yeah it seems like pretty good training hockey i'm never gonna talk shit about it again yeah it was like <laughs> you know maybe i'll join hockey to, you always <laughs> to smack train. talk about well hockey is our basketball is way more cardio than yeah than hockey. basketball did nothing now that i think back yeah. to it <laughs> hockey's like, 45 second shifts and off right Dude, there's I, a reason for that. 45 seconds of like max intensity, yeah. and I think that really helped you. So. Yeah, you think about it. We play like a grand table. We're not full court or anything. We're not f- yeah. super pros. But like the way we, we play, you can play like a game can last probably like between most most of the time seven to ten minutes, I guess, a game. Because yeah. we play like well, up to seven or something like that on a normal pickup uh, basketball game, full court. Yeah. And you can, some teams end up running the game, running the table like four matches in a row. That can be like half an hour of playing. I mean, you're gassed for it, but you're on there playing the whole entire half an hour. Yeah. Versus like when we play hockey, you're not on the ice for like a full half an hour. You'll be, you'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, luckily, like indirectly, that thing like helped a lot. Yeah. Didn't realize how much it helped, but. It sounds like you guys have a lot of lessons learned leading into the question would you run again would you run a marathon again whoever wants to go mm, i'm considering it uh running it again <laughs> like so my time for the marathon was five hours and 12 minutes uh i definitely could have broken five hours if i didn't hit the wall near the end of it and when you put in that amount of work into running a marathon and you see like a like a landmark or a check mark mm-hmm. like to breaking five hours and you're that close to it yeah you kind of feel like you have to do it again just to break it to like be at ease mm-hmm. uh for me i would most likely run it again but it wouldn't be something that i would run the following year right i would probably gap it like one year to just take it easy training to maybe get a better sense of like or develop a better cardio overall yeah. for endurance running, and then try again, train for it. So what's what's like your your five goal? Hours. Five hours and under. Five hours and under. Five hours and under. So like four hours, even honestly, I would have been done with it, <laughs> done the marathon like forever if I broke in five hours. Yeah. Uh, like I looked at my times, and for the last, basically, I lost my twelve all the times I gained, all the time yeah. that I gained from the first twenty miles of the race. Yeah. In the last six miles, I lost mm. basically two minutes. Because no, of the more walk. Than that, two to four minutes per mile. Yeah. And like, if I kept up the pace all the way until the end, I would have broken five hours. So, yeah. Yeah, that was disappointing. So, most likely I'll run it again. Uh, also, as a way to end my 30s. I, th- I believe it would be, if, I, if we ran it again, we'd be like 39. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. I think I want to. R- 
I might have committed to running next year. Might, <laughs> might again? <laughs> what happened? Well, no, like, um, like signing up for this run, part of it was like that whole, I want to run bucket list item 40. Yeah. So like one of the guys got played with like older guys for hockey and then they're all in their late forties, almost 50. Yeah. So one of the guys is just like a Korean dude, 49. He's ran seven marathons in the last like seven, seven years or whatever. So he started running late, like early 40s or something like that, yeah. and he ran. And then he was just like telling me and telling me he's a runner and then just kind of got into talking about it and kind of put that belief in me that like, oh, I can run that marathon too. So I'm like, all right, you know, sure, let, let's sign it up. And then when you came along and said you want to do it, and I'm like, all right, fuck, let's do it. Because all signs point to go, right? You know, I get someone that I can kind of like bounce ideas off of or ask. And, you know, he was good. He was hooking me up with like some of his older shoes just to try out the tech and all that and see how I feel. Gave me some like pointers here and there, um, but he couldn't run it this year. So he's like, "Oh, next year we'll run it together." And he's a guy that's trying to go for uh, get into the Boston Marathon. So he's got a hot, pretty good pace. He has to finish it in like three hours and fifteen minutes. Oh, well, so I mean, you guys, for you, I think you should just run the half marathon. It seems more fun, and you guys would match up your times. Maybe, but like, I don't know. Like you, I want to do a sub sub hour mark which is like because mine's 422 so at the run i was like i saw the four hour pacemaker he was right there but i had to take a piss so i went to take a pee uh and then i was like thinking i can get back get back on the horse and catch up with him with a yeah. maintained steady pace but i could, couldn't see him until the last 10 kilometers which i still thought i can do it on the like he did the final turn and i saw him i'm like okay there, there's a chance that i can do it. but like you said like the last you know 10 kilometers or whatever the pace like completely died out yeah. i saw like Four hours just gone, and then next thing I know, four fifteen creeped up on me and just like took <laughs> off. I'm like, no fuck, I can't, I can't be, I can't run slower than four and a half hours because I don't want to pay out these bets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, long story short, I probably will do it sometime. Just try to get under four four hours. But next year, isn't that like? Don't you feel like that's too soon? Maybe like I'm going to try and run, run this whole up until winter or even in winter time, try and see if I can run as long as the sidewalks kind of plowed, you know, the trail running shoes are good. You know, you just got to make sure you have your, your, you're all dressed for the weather and you're good to go. So if I can keep up the, uh, keep up the kilometers in there and without getting injured, you know, yeah. increase, increase some of the temple training. I think I can kind of bring it down. Like, like you said, if I stretch it out more, then I don't have to feel like rush where I have to do like three running sessions a week kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, can kind of put in the training and, and hopefully be able to see like the time drop. Um, part of it is also like, I don't know if I ran a little bit too slow to begin it, like conserve way too much energy where it's like the cardio, like my cardio was still there. My energy level was still there. It's just more so like my body was just like breaking down. Cause like if you slow it down, you're still taking the same amount of, of steps, but like probably shorter. Does that make sense? Uh, like the amount of steps that you're taking is probably like more, right? Versus like I can just, if I increase my pace or like like my cadence from 170 steps per minute to like 180 and still be able to maintain that heart rate, that extra like 100 kilometers for every single minute, wait, 10 kilometers for every single, uh, 10 meters every single minute that you gain from just increasing your cadence and maintaining a certain heart rate, you'll be able to like add up and stack up that saving in times. 
That just sounds like you're trying harder <laughs> to run faster. Yeah, so what I'm saying is I think I could have pushed myself a little bit oh, yeah. harder okay. in the middle yeah. of the race and be able to kind of like gain up that speed. And, you know, like my body, I don't know if it's like the kilometers at that point. It most likely is the kilometers because I've never ran that distance. Yeah. But it's also like time on my feet. Like, okay, maybe if I sped it up, then I would be less on my feet. I'll be able to finish a race 40, you know, half an hour earlier yeah. or something uh, and feel you know less pounding on the body but i don't know so long answer short i will probably it was not short (laughs) uh yeah i'll probably run it again um again might have committed for next year but i don't think i'm gonna do like those type of training like what i did the training this time around which would be even less training (laughs) (laughs) i've never heard of anyone saying they're gonna train less for a marathon I mean, once you do it, it's like, you, yeah. you know, you can do it. Like, you're yeah, like this yeah. 40, this, this is no longer something that's like an out there. It's like, like, yes, I know I can physically do it. So now it's just like improved time. No, I know what you mean is like hitting that 42 kilometers. Yeah. Like now that you've done it, it doesn't seem as daunting mm-hmm. as before. Uh, definitely feels shorter when you look back on it. Uh, in my mind now, when I look back yeah. on it, it's much shorter. Like we, we ran with like no no tech on us right we weren't running with earbuds or anything while i was running first 10 15 kilometers people were on the fucking phone facetime <laughs> i'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> there's definitely like a running culture that we're unaware of. yeah there's crazy there's people just fucking vlogging and stuff like that I'm like how is this possible <laughs> who are these people yeah people vlogging their suffering yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway guys like um, you guys will have to come and share your next journey with us uh, when that time comes next year or triathlon know, before 40. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, triathlon sounds a lot easier than yeah. running the full marathon. The running distance is only 10K. I'm pretty sure I can do that like in my sleep now. Mm. It's the swimming portion yeah. that is like the most terrifying part. One and a half kilometers. Yeah. You got three <laughs> years to train up or two years to train up for it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Both of you guys, you know, you guys are like inspiring and, you know, we're all proud of you no matter what trolling <laughs> happens. Like we're, we're, we're all proud of you guys. So thank you for sharing your story with us. All right. Thank you for listening to my, my, my story and make his story. Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. Peace.